Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Amen, Bazalwan. We are continuing with our theme, living your dream. Somebody wants to live their dreams. Is that person here? I want to live my dream and I don't know about you, but since this is the year to live and then God is speaking to us about living our dreams, I mean in the connection. I think there is connection right there where we are living in the year 2022 and also God wants us to live our dreams. So I'm going to go all out in this season to make sure that I live my dream. And I'm not only just going to settle for opened eyes to have a dream, but I'm also going to go after the realization, the handling of my dream. And after I have realized my dream, I declare that I am going to enjoy it. Because there are many people who go after their dreams with everything in them. And they realize their dreams. But unfortunately, they never enjoy the manifestation of their dreams. So this has then got me thinking to say, maybe a prayer that we need to pray is not only the realization of our dreams, but also the enjoyment. Na enjoyment. Na enjoyment. I've seen things. Umundo ehamange motoka nokusho ingasho kodwa enhlizweni yakhe Angayi enjoy Azabhale athi na enjoyment kodwa ke ayikho ayiki joy phela enjoyment hamsana ne joy Uthola ukuthi joy ayikho you are not enjoying the dream. May you enjoy your dream. I am going to enjoy my dream. And still under that powerful theme that I urge each and every one of us not to miss the whole month. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Living your dream under the same theme. The title of my message this morning is, I'm a prisoner of my dream. Somebody say, I'm a prisoner of my dream. Say it again, I am a prisoner of my dream. I, louder than that, I am a prisoner of my dream. Now you can never leave your dream unless you are imprisoned by it. You are focused on it. You are given to it wholeheartedly. Given to your dream. You are daily working on it. Instead of allowing other things to hold you captive and confine you, you are captivated by your dream. You are confined by your dream. 
Turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter number 39, verse number 20. Genesis 39, verse number 20, and verse number 21. Are we there? Genesis 39, verse number 20 to verse number 21. The Bible says, then Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison. Somebody say prison. Come on, you can do better than that prison. A place where the king's prisoners were confined. Say king's prisoners. Again, king's prisoners. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now there is something that I have seen under the sun. Just like Solomon. That when you arise to finally live your dream. When you arise from your slumber. When you arise from sleeping on your dream. When you finally decide that I have a dream that God has put in the inside of me and I'm going to pursue it with all that is in me. That is the time when the enemy starts watching you. That is the time where the enemy starts pursuing you because the enemy does not care about those who have nothing that they are living for. The enemy does not care about those who have no dreams, no aspirations, none whatsoever in life. The enemy starts pursuing and paying attention when you are no longer folding your arms, but you are intentional about living your dream. That's why then the Bible encourages us to be sober and vigilant. So once you arise to live your dream, you need to be sober and vigilant because the Bible says the enemy is going around looking for whom he may devour. Now the enemy does not want to devour anyone who has nothing big that they want to do. But because in the big thing that you want to do, he knows that there's going to be a dent in his kingdom. So when you arise to start pursuing that big dream that God has placed in the inside of you, he then begins to want to devour you. The enemy wants to restrict us. He wants to keep us within certain limits. To say you can dream but you cannot go beyond this point. You can want to become better in your life. You can want to become better in your family. You can want to become better in your studies. But you cannot 
go beyond this point. Because he knows that once you go beyond certain limits, he's in trouble. So he wants to confine you. He wants to restrict you. To say, you can dream, but not up to this far. But I want us to fear not this morning. Because God is with us. In the book of Luke, chapter number 22, verse number 31, the Bible says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith should not fail you. So now, the enemy wants our faith to fail us. But praise be to God that we have someone who is praying for us. Jesus Christ himself, the Bible says, he intercedes for us day in and day out. So when you arise to pursue your dreams, you need not to be afraid of the enemy. You must not be afraid of the fact that he is rolling like a lion, wanting to devour you for dreaming big, wanting to devour, to devour you for wanting to pursue the dream that God has placed in your life. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Many people live in fear of the big thing that God has placed in the inside of us. Somebody said, our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate, but our greatest fear is that we are so great because of what we can see that which God wants us to achieve. Somebody say amen. amen. So this morning I want us to know that we can be confident in the fact that we have a high priest who is praying and interceding for us day in and day out, pushing back the darkness, pushing back the enemy, pushing back the devil to say, this one is supposed to fulfill this destiny. This one is supposed to realize this dream because in this dream that this person has, I also have a dream. Somebody say amen. So God has got interests in your dreams. Somebody say amen. Fear not, child of God. Don't be fearful that the enemy will always be looking over you when you arise to begin to fulfill the dreams that are in the inside of you. Now, each and every one of us, each and every person that is living today is either a prisoner of their past or a prisoner of their future. Everyone, you are a prisoner but you can either be a prisoner of your past or a prisoner of your future. But God prefers that we would be prisoners of our future, not prisoners of our past. It was Robin Sharma who once said, never be a prisoner of your past. Become the architect of your future. He said, you will never be the same. If you can let go of the past and press on towards the future, 
and be imprisoned by your future. Be imprisoned by your destiny. Then you will never be the same again. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Psalm, chapter number 75, verse number 24. It says, you guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. So there is a glorious destiny that God has in store for each and every one of us. But our past is pulling us back instead of reaching forward to this glorious destiny. We must not be stuck in the things that have happened to us in the past. There is a glorious destiny that God wants us to achieve. And that glorious destiny, I want to explain it as a computer when it is loading. So the glorious destiny is already there. It's just loading. All that we need to do is to be patient. All that we need to do is to wait on the Lord. All that we need to do is to forget that which is behind and press forward to that which is ahead. The enemy does not want us to press forward to that which is ahead because he knows that the realization of our dreams is in the future and not in the past. The enemy does not want us to reach forward. He wants us to be kept in the past because he knows that if we can transform to the version that is compatible to the future, there will be no stopping. We will be unstoppable. So he does not want us to transform to the version that is compatible to the future, that is compatible to the dream that we have and the dream that God has for our lives and the plan that God has for our lives. And therefore, he keeps us locked in the past. He restricts us in the past. He confines us in the past so that we don't evolve to a version that is compatible to who God sees us to be in the future. So now, the things that happened to us the enemy wants us to harbor them in our hearts so that we are confined by them and not become the people that we are supposed to become for the future. There are people who are imprisoned by their past in such a way that even when God gives them a good future, when God uh, evolves them into the plan that he has for their lives, they mess it up. It was Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians who once said, forgetting those things that are behind, I press on towards the mark of the high calling. So there is a high calling for each and every one of us. I always say that this high calling is not for pastors. This high calling is not only for apostles and evangelists and the, the whole fivefold ministry, but this high calling is for every child of God. There are no low callings in the kingdom of God. Every calling that is upon each and every one of us bestowed by the most high God 
is high because the God who has given you the calling is a God who is high. And therefore, whatever it is that he calls you to do can never be low. So never look down upon the destiny that God has in store for you, upon the calling that God has placed over your life because it is a high calling. Now, Paul says, forget those things that are behind. And he presses on towards the mark of the high calling. Now, we need to forget the things that have happened to us. And I love it because you can read it at home. It's in the book of Philippians, chapter number three, verse number 12. I love it. I think it is in, the, in, in verse number 13 where, where, where he says, this one thing I do. So he engages himself in forgetting. So forgetting does not automatically happen. Forgetting requires intentionality. When you want to forget what has taken place in your life in the past, you must be intentional about it to say, now, this one thing I do, I forget that which has taken place in the, in the past and I press forward to a glorious destiny that God has in store for me. Somebody say amen. amen. Now many of us are imprisoned by the past, by the things that have happened to us. Somebody was raped many years ago. The perpetrator is nowhere to be found. You have never even seen the perpetrator ever again. But the perpetrator lives in the inside of you. The perpetrator lives in your mind in such a way that even in the future, you are able to sabotage the future by reason of the past because the past lives in the inside of you. But here this morning, I want us, each and every one of us to know that there is an engagement that we need to engage ourselves in and that it is called forgetting. Someone might say, I can't forget because I still remember. Yes, it's not about the forgetting in the mind, but it's the forgetting in the soul. That it does not have, it does not have a hold on you anymore. There are people who have left places where they failed, but the places live in them. There are people who have left places where they were disappointed. But those places live in them. There are people who, have, who are no longer experiencing the abuse that they have experienced. But the abuse lives in the inside of them. That is why even when they get a godly man, the godly man is suffering for the sins of the ungodly man. Because we have not engaged ourselves to do the forgetting. One thing. I feel like it was so important for him to forget. He suspended every other thing that he was supposed to do and said, I'm This one thing. To forget. God is able to reset your soul. So that you are free from the hold of your past. Devil, the devil wants to keep you bound by your past. But I'm here this morning to announce to you, you can be free from your past. You are not what happened to you. 
you are the child of the most high God. Saved by the blood of the lamb. You are not your mistakes. You are not your failures. You are not your circumstances. You are not the poverty that you experienced. You are not the abuse that you experienced. You are not the loss that you experienced. You are not the, you, you are not anything that you can name that you have gone through. You are not that. You are the child of the most high God whom God wants to impart a big dream in the inside of you. And you are well and able to achieve it. There are people who are scared to get married because someone did something. And that someone is no longer there. But they are living in the inside of us. But may God help us this morning to forget that our souls may be reset so that we can press forward. And not only do we need to forget the bad things, we also need to forget the good things. Because some of us are confined by the successes of yesterday. And we can't reach forward for the success of tomorrow. Because there is something great that you have done before. You hold on to it for dear life even when it has expired. You don't see that you are supposed to reach forward for even greater things. You think that this is the best that God has for you. I'm here to announce to you this morning that you can forget the things that are behind and press forward for that which is even greater than what you have experienced before. There is a great God that you serve who has even greater things for you ahead of you. Some of us are imprisoned by our yesterday's success. Can't move forward. No one no one else matters anymore because you, you bought your first uh, uh, polo. Not knowing that God has got even better things for you. Even greater things for you and you forget about God. You forget about your parents. You forget about your children. You forget about your wife because cannot be this. The art of forgetting. Eating we call shooting there is work to be done. Someone once gave us a very, a very, very crucial advice that we will never forget. We are praying. What once you have money, you must have. The art, ignore it. So I want you to ignore your past success. Because God has got something great for you. There are people living as we talk about living your dream. The person is saying, what more? There's more. God is big. There is more. Don't be cocky. Just because you have reached a place where no one has reached in your family. There is still the community. There is still the nation. There is still the world. 
Don't be confined by what you have achieved just because it's better than your next door neighbor. What if that next door neighbor is no longer your next door neighbor in five years? You can do better. Forgetting those things that are behind, I press on towards the mark of my high calling. So when we forget the past things, the failures, the bad experiences, we are getting rid of bitterness. Don't harbor bitterness because bitterness is going to hinder you from realizing your dreams. Bitterness develops into hatred. That's why you need to forget the things that are behind so that you can get rid, you can get rid of bitterness before it develops into hatred because hatred will enter your heart and it will eat you up like cancer. I don't mean to be insensitive, but it will eat you up. Like you cannot believe. Little by little, hatred, because you hate this one here and you hate that one there. You go to work, you manifest hatred. Even someone who has not done anything to you, you just hate them because hatred is in the inside of you. You don't, you don't have to press a button for it to come out. It lives in the inside of you. Even going to be used by God for your next level. Because you are bitter. You don't want to be a bitter person. A bitter person is always on guard. Bitterness. And bitterness comes as unforgiveness. Unforgiving the past. Unforgiving experiences. Unforgiving things that have happened to you. I know those things are bad. I know those things were hard. However, you can decide this morning to say, I am getting rid of bitterness. I am getting rid of anger. I am getting rid of hatred so that I can press on towards the mark of my high calling. There is a dream that God has for me and I want it in Jesus' name. So you might not be in prison in person, but you can be in prison in your mind. That is the greatest tragedy in life. That things can live in you even when they are no longer happening. They happened once, but they continue happening because they are in you. They continue happening in your mind. But there is a God this morning who is able to help us forget the things that are behind. So now our God is the God who gives us freedom. The Lord Jesus Christ gives 
freedom to prisoners, prisoners of the past. It gives liberty to prisoners. The Lord Jesus Christ declared this about himself. He said, I have come to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. I have come to set at liberty those who are oppressed, oppressed by the past, oppressed by bad experiences, oppressed by failures in such a way that because you have failed in one event, you have now given yourself a name of a failure. It was just an event. It's not your identity. You are not a failure. You failed. You are not a failure. You failed. There is something else that you can do and become better at. It does not mean that if you did not do well at school, you are a failure. It just so happened that school did not go well for you. But there are things that you can be good at. Focus on those. Focus on those. God gives freedom. But most of us, even though God wants to give us freedom, we love our prisons so much. We hold on to them. We don't give them to God. We don't allow God to take us out of those prisons. He desires for us to be set free from our past mistakes. He desires for us to be set free from our failures. He desires for us to be set free from the grip of sin. The grip of sin. He desires for us to be free because sin can be a great prison for us in such a way that we do things that we don't want to do but because we are imprisoned by them, we find ourselves doing them. But Jesus has come to set those who are in prison free. Somebody say amen. amen. He has come to set us free from the prisons of our past so that we can be imprisoned by our future. Jesus comes to set us free from one prison only to put us in another prison. Somebody say amen. God sets us free from our past by forgiving us. He forgives our past mistakes. He forgives and heals us only if we are willing to let go of what we have gone through. He does not force himself on us, but he wants to forgive us. He wants to heal us from past disappointments. He wants to heal us from past experiences. But it is up to us to come to him and say, Lord, we are here imprisoned by our past. But we want to be free. And he's going to help us to be free from the prison of our past. So that we can be imprisoned by our future. The freedom that God gives to us releases us to his plan and his purpose for our lives. Because in the book of Jeremiah chapter number 29 verse number 11, he says, I know the plans that I have for you. And these plans are to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you hope and a future. So God in his thinking 
about you and I is futuristic. God in his thinking about you and I is not based on what we have done in the past. God's thinking about you and I when he plans for us, they are for a glorious destiny. Those plans are for a hope and a future. Those plans are good. Let us not sabotage them by wanting to hold on to the past that God has already forgiven. God has a sea of forgetfulness. That is one thing that God owns that I love so much. He owns the sea of forgetfulness. He says our sins he has put into the sea of forgetfulness. Meaning that it's not that he does not have the ability to remember our sins. Because he is all knowing. But he chooses not to remember. He chooses to forget our sins. Remember earlier on I said it's a work that you do to forget. God also does the same work. He forgets our sins. So it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter the magnitude of the things that are wrong that you have done. And even the damages that those things have caused. It does not matter to God. He forgets about them. So you have no right to remember. Because your God who has the future for you. Who has a great plan for your life. Who has a great dream about your life. Does not remember. So why are you remembering them? He has forgiven you. Say I am forgiven. That's the freedom that God gives us. It is a freedom that is, re that is released through forgiveness so that we can live in the purpose that he has for our lives. Now there are different kinds of prisons that can confine us. I'm going to mention three this morning and then we are going to pray. Number one, the prison of Satan's will. The prison of Satan's will. This is the worst prison you can ever find yourself in. Being in the will of Satan. This is the prison that God desires with all of his heart to deliver us out of. God wants us delivered from this prison of the will of Satan. This is the reason why then he sent his only begotten son to come and die for us at the cross of Calvary so that we can be set free from the will of the enemy. That was the assignment that Jesus had to snatch us away from the will of Satan. Now the will of Satan is tricky. Because he always wants you to think that it is you who has imprisoned yourself in these things. Only to find that it is him himself who has confined you in these things. But God wants to see us free from the will of Satan. You see, Satan wants to set us free from the prison of God's will. So that he can keep us captive in his own prison of doing his will. That even when we have escaped, 
and we are now in the kingdom of God. We come to church every Sunday, but the will of Satan is still very much active in our lives. He wants to keep us out of the will of God so that even though we continue coming to church every Sunday, but we are still bound by his will. And that will cause us never to realize our glorious destiny if we don't become vigilant in knowing that God has snatched us away from the will of Satan and we are never going to go back anymore. Somebody say amen. So Satan knows that one thing that makes us free is the truth. And he hides the truth from us. He wants us to repel the truth. He wants us not to love the truth in such a way that he will cause us to come to church, sit down here, but never get the understanding of the truth. Never get the understanding of the truth, which is the word of God. That is why you will find people sleeping during the word, but they are very much alive during praise because they are dancing, it's appealing to the flesh. But when it's time to sit down and divert the truth and understand the truth and get understanding of the truth, they then become bored. Why? Because the enemy does not want them to be free from his will. Because the only way you can be free from the will of Satan, which is a prison on its own, is by knowing the truth. The Bible says they shall know the truth and the truth shall set them free. Your freedom is in the knowledge of the truth and the truth comes from the word of God. Somebody say amen. Wants to keep us away from the truth. The Bible says we must buy the truth and not sell it because it is one thing that will set us free forever. The truth. Don't allow Satan to keep you in the prison of his will by ignoring the truth. Make sure that you contend for the knowledge of the truth. I am the truth. I am the way and I am the life. So in other words, if you know me fully, you will be taken out of the prison of Satan's will. Somebody say amen. Last week we did justice in making sure that we all understand that our dreams are given by God. God is a dream giver. Any dream that does not come from God is a dream that is there to distract your life. But every dream that is imparted to us by God is the dream that we need to follow. So Satan does not want us to follow those dreams, but he wants us to go after that which will cause him to rejoice because he knows he has kept us within his will. Number two, human will. The prison of human will. And this could be your own will and it could be the will of others. Many of us are still in bondage and are remaining incarcerated in either the prison of other people's will or our own will. The apostle Peter once said in the book of First Peter, chapter number four, verse number three, he said, for we have spent enough of our past life in doing the will of the Gentiles. Many of us do the will of other people. 
There is nothing that we can do without being influenced by others. We are always on the lookout to please others. There are many people who fall into the trap of Satan and his dirty tricks by reason of wanting to live in the will of men. Because we are always thinking about Uguta Bantubazotin. We are always thinking about Usman Banuzotin. There are people who don't even become confident about themselves until someone says something to them. You are in prison of human will in such a way that you will end up liking the things that other people like, not what you like for yourself because you are imprisoned by what they like. Imprisoned by human will. There are people who do things that are even outside of the will of God for their lives to please others. There are people who go all out to please their friends, to please their families, to please other people. You are imprisoned by the will of others. Others are imprisoned by their own will. I always say, if we get an opportunity to talk to God when we get to heaven, well, amongst many other things that I will ask him, I will also ask him, Lord, why did you give us our will? Because our will can distract us from the will of God. Because each and every time there is the will of God, there will always be our own will. God does not force himself on us. He will always say, here is life, here is death, you choose. But God, this is unfair. I am a human. I am made out of dust. That is why when we bury people, we will say dust unto dust. Because the dust, which is the flesh, is going back to its own. And even while we are still alive, we are always drawn to the things that are going to cause us to die because we are made out of dust. So now when you say, here is life, here is death, you choose. I am always going to have a conflict within myself because I am drawn by my flesh to the dust. But also I want the life that comes by your word. So now I am in conflict. I don't know. But then you will say, I would rather have you choose life. But Lord, why did you give us our own will? Because fulfilling your purpose for our lives would have been much easier if we did not have our own will. We would just do exactly what you want us to do. But God does not work like that. He does not want you to say, it was you who made me do it. He will say, I want you to do this. But it's up to you whether you follow me or not. I am reminded of Elijah and Elisha. When Elijah was about to depart, the Bible says Elijah kept on saying to Elisha, what do you have to do with me? Leave me alone. But he said, I am going to follow you. So it's the same thing with God. He is saying, you need what I have, but I'm not going to force you to get it. I'm not going to force you to get it. You have your own will. So you can be imprisoned by your own will and not be able to fulfill the purposes of God for your life and not be able to fulfill the dream that God has imparted in the inside of you because the will of God in most cases is not that appealing to the flesh. 
In most cases, the will of God is not going to be nice in its initial stages. You will enjoy it at some point, but when you start, it becomes as though you are a fool of some sort because you are confined by the will of man. You can end up knowing very well that you are supposed to pursue this will of God, but because you are confined by the will of man, you will say, I will not pursue that which God, I would rather go for my own will and only to find that sometimes it's not even your own will. It's the will of others. Because there are many friends who are living lives of their friends. Ah, it's a story for another day. You don't even know what you really like. You can't even tell them you are now born again. Because you want them to love you. That's why we need to forget our past, Bazalwan. He passed here to Abanyebe to Iti fake love and fake smile. You, you go in for it because you think it's love because you have never been loved before. Will of men. Imprisoned by the will of men. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man. But its end is the way of death. So many things may seem right in our eyes. Only to find that they are our will. They are not our, the will of God for our lives. And they will lead to death. Death of dreams. Death of visions. Death of destinies. Somebody say amen. So the Lord Jesus Christ, as well as the petting son, was also confronted with this choose your will or my will. Jesus was human like us and he had his will as a human. And then there was the will of God for his life. Now Jesus, just like us, was tempted once to go for his own will. And then he turned around and said, nevertheless, I'm praying that one day when you are faced with a decision to make between your will and God's will, may you be like Jesus Christ who said, yes, my will seems to be better at this moment. My will seems to be easier at this moment. However, nevertheless, your will be done and not my will. May God give us a nevertheless opportunity each and every time when we are confronted with things that are going to derail us from his will, that are going to derail us from reaching our destinies. May God give us a nevertheless kind of attitude that even though my will is going to relieve me always kashana, but nevertheless I'm going to drink this cup anyway. I'm going to pursue this anyway. I'm going to go for it anyway. I'm going to bite the bullet and go for it anyway. Because not my will, but your will be done. May somebody who is confronted with something that they need to decide on between the will of God and their own will, may they have a nevertheless, a nevertheless anointing, just like Jesus Christ himself, who was also 100% man like us who was able to say yes for Naomi will can relieve me now but nevertheless who nevertheless comes with the throne 
who nevertheless comes with a name above all names. Who nevertheless comes with a great promotion to sit at the right hand of the Father in such a way that he will, you must go through him to get to me. Nevertheless, if you can endure your own will and subdue your own will and put your own will under control and tell your own will that I have dominion over you. God has given you to me. He did not give me to you. Yeah, somebody missed it. Yeah. God gave me my will, but he did not give me to my will. I have dominion over my will. I can subdue my will. I can stand up on my will and tell my will, nevertheless, because there's promotion after this. Jesus himself, you're not the first one to be confronted with your own will, which is easier. There is always an easier way out. In anything that God wants to do in and through your life, there's always an easy way out. But I advise you this morning by the Spirit of God, never allow the enemy to pressurize you to get to a point of doing your own will. The will of God is better. Choose the will of God over your own will. Somebody say amen. Number three, the prison of God's will. As we have said earlier on, although we have been made free from the truth, I mean through the truth of the word of God, even though we have been made free by the fact that we know that Jesus came and died and we have accepted him as our personal Lord and Savior. We have been made free. He said he has come to set the prisoners free. He, has say, he said that he has come that we may have liberty. But then he sets us free to imprison us again. He sets us free only to get into the prison of the will of God. He sets us free so that we can become prisoners in his kingdom. So that we can fully give ourselves to doing God's will for our lives. And when we have given ourselves fully to do good God's will for our lives, we then fulfill our dreams. God has got good plans for us. These plans are to prosper us. These plans are to give us a future and an expected end. But many of us doubt it that God has got these plans for us because his ways to these plans that are so good and not appealing to our flesh. The ways and the paths that God takes us through to the realization of the plans that are so good that he has for us are not that great. They're not appealing. They're not so nice to the naked eye. 
Even our own families sometimes don't understand those parts. Even our friends don't understand those parts. We don't blame them because even us ourselves, in most cases, we don't know. But if we can just hold on and stick it out, there is a great plan that God has for each and every one of us. There's a dream that God wants to put in the inside of us. And in the fulfillment of that dream, his plan and purpose for our lives will also be fulfilled. We need to be opened to be imprisoned by the will of God so that we can go even through whatever that we need to go through to get to a place that God wants us to get to. He leads us through the paths that are not popular. I said in Pinoni, that is why probably even Jesus said, go through the narrow gate. Why do you like things that are so uncomfortable? Lord, the gate is narrow, but that's the gate that he wants. The gate, that is why it is the one that leads to death. But the one that is narrow, which is very much uncomfortable, you must squeeze yourself through. You must be intentional about it. We are going to live our dreams. But for us to live our dreams, we must be within the prison of God's will. Why must we be in the prison of God's will? We must be in the prison of God's will because that is the best prison we can ever find ourselves in. In the prison of God's will, there is fulfillment. In the prison of God's will, there is provision. In the prison of God's will, there is peace. In the prison of God's will, our dreams can be made possible. It is only when we are imprisoned by the will of God that we can experience the provision that God has. Each and every dream requires resources and those resources are only found inside the prison called the will of God. So if you want to fulfill your dreams, if you want to realize your dreams, if you really want to live your dream, then you need to hand yourself over. I know that when we are listening to the law, we always hear when they say somebody has been issued a warrant of arrest or maybe they have committed a crime, a crime or they are alleged to have committed a crime. Those people are issued a warrant of arrest. And then what happens is that the lawyers, if you have a good lawyer, the lawyer will advise you to hand yourself over. Ah, are you here this morning? The lawyer will advise you to hand yourself over. So you take yourself to prison. So if you have a dream under the sound of my voice this morning, you need to hand yourself over. Hand yourself over back to the prison of the will of God and say, I am here because the warrant of arrest by the Spirit of God has been issued out to say every dreamer, every dreamer, every dreamer, you need to come to a prison of God's will. And that's where your provision will be. Joseph, if you were not 
in the prison, there is no way that you would have experienced the mercy and the favor. There is a place where kings, prisoners are kept. This place in the kingdom of God where the king's prisoners are kept is called the will of God. That's the prison you need to, to allow yourself and hand yourself over to that prison. That's how you will realize your dreams. Why must I hand myself over to the prison? That is the will of God. Must hand myself over. Because just like Joseph, I want to stay there. It is in the staying that we experience the mercy. It is in the staying that we experience the favor. That's why he experienced the favor. Why must we bother? All that we want is to dream and realize our dreams. Why must we bother even handing ourselves over in the prison called the will of God? We must hand ourselves over because that's where favor is. And favor is the number one sponsor of the fulfillment of dreams. Yes, because when you are dreaming about something that is great, about something that is big, God is going to use someone to open a door for you. And for someone to open a door for you, there must be something called favor that rests upon your life. So that even if they don't like you, but because of what is on you, they cannot restrict you from entering the door that you are supposed to enter. So if you have a dream, you need to hand yourself over into the prison called God's will for your life and wait there. It's not going to happen overnight, but wait there. It's not going to happen in a day, but wait there. It's not going to happen in a month, but wait there. If you wait long enough, that's how you will mount up with wings like an eagle because of the favor that is in the prison. There is favor in the prison. Joseph did not find favor on the streets. He found favor in the prison. So if you run away from the confinement of the will of God, you're running away from the fulfillment of your dreams. If you find freedom from the will of God, you find freedom from not fulfilling your dreams. You are applying for a mediocre life. A life of no impact. Because if you don't realize big dreams, you will have no impact. A small dream only benefits you. You will not impact anyone. You will not even impact your own children. A great dream, a great dream influences others. A great dream impacts others. If you have a small dream and you say, I don't have to, to be imprisoned by the will of God, because at least in your seven times, there was a good thing, silly posture pedic. There was a good thing, a lumpet, Zolala Glompet and Shinganzak, and Gagamus was Gulala Gon, Mangabsushan, or the Obsu escape. If that's your dream. If that's your dream. But if you have a dream that can impact generations, even in your own family, you need to surrender again. You need to hand yourself over. Bab Kanile probably can tell us even better. Many people come to the police station. If you have a clever lawyer, you will hand yourself in and say, I've been accused of not paying us. Here I am. What can we do? What can we do? I've been accused 
of going out of the will of God for my life. The warrant of, of, of arrest has been issued by the Holy Spirit this morning. But we are here. Praise God we came to church. I'm going back to the will. I'm thinking is she vain? Is let her mean. Here I am, Lord. Not my will, but your will. Confine me. Let me dream in line with your will for my life. I'm tired of the dreams that are so heavy in my heart. They are causing me to be distressed because they are not from you. If they are from you, then I am coming right into the prison understanding fully that I'm going to be confined. I'm going to be incarcerated. I'm not going to do things the way I want. I'm not going to do things the way I please. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. But I'm living for the dream. And the dream is only possible in the prison. I'm the prisoner of hope. In the prison of God's will, there's hope. Many people have lost hope. That's why they are depressed. That's why they are killing themselves. That's why many people are thinking of even taking their own lives. It is because they don't have hope. But in the prison of God's will, there is hope. Hope galore. And the Bible says hope does not disappoint. So you will stand up as though you have it all. As though your dreams have already come true. But because you know where you are, you know your position. We are relocating as we stand. From Satan's will. From the prison of human will. We are handing ourselves over. We are handing ourselves over. There's hope in the prison of God's will. There's hope you will make it. There's hope you will make it. There's hope you will make it. You, there's hope you will realize your dreams. There's hope. Remain in your calling. Remain in that which God has called you to do. Remain just like Joseph. The Bible says he stayed in the prison. And it was in the prison where he experienced the mercy and the favor. Lord, we are in need of your mercy for our dreams. We are in need of your favor for our dreams. That is why we hand ourselves over this morning. Here we are, Lord. Here we are, Lord. Confine us. Confine us in your will. It's not nice. It's not easy. But we know at the end, it's for our own good and for the generations to come. Give us, oh God, endurance. Give us strength to endure. Your will is not easy, but give us strength to endure. In the name of Jesus Christ, that we may stay the course. In the name of Jesus Christ, that, oh Father, we may say nevertheless, even on the way when things happen, we will say nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. In prisoners, in your will, Lord, we hand ourselves over. Shandaya Basaya. 
Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.